0: Anything.
1: okay do you want to just stare at each
0: other yeah. yeah oh my god the footage from like the the episode that we recorded before it just like sailor moon heart eyes at you the whole time just like oh my really
1: oh that's so cute i'm gonna try to give you that energy today <laughs> it's actually it was really hard to be in that chair ter- like, not this chair, but it was hard to do the thing that you were doing.
0: Oh. You that did, you do all the time. Like the a fantastic day. job oh. it. Were you surprised when I sent out the text message asking to be the host of Bye 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 for an episode? Yes. I went through, like, mentally, like, the varying degrees of people that know me. I was just like, oh, I think these four people would be great, but Sam was going to be out on a town, my roommate. And then it was just like know many forever I've known Mara a hot minute Mm. my sweet baby a very sexy hot minute yes and then I feel like we clicked like um three months ago Mm. yeah so it's actually been
1: really fun to go from kind of knowing someone to like really diving in in the span of a week like that feels fucking lit and also because it's both I know like the birthdays is not why it happened this way but I guess it's sort of Makes me feel more connected to that our birthdays are right by each other,
0: That's and it cute. feels
1: cool like to enter a new year with a new relationship. You know, I
0: have been referring to it as our birthday. Yeah, fuck even yeah. Even though they're definitely different days, it doesn't matter.
1: Maybe my mom was in labor for three days. I don't know. I never That's asked. That's not your business. I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. But we could say that I was. If I was in labor for three days, though, you look like an easy birth late baby abortion. that would just never cried. I flipped in the womb. Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay. like I did a flip at the last minute and they had to cut me out. I was C-section. If I was my mom, I would have never loved me.
0: <laughs> anyway. Uh, C-section babies. Okay. Do we love them? Yay or nay? Maybe I'll put a poll. Dude, we all Instagram. love... some. Everybody's, everybody
1: loves a C-section baby. Someone in your life is a C-section baby. And they did a lot of those in the 90s because it was super profitable for hospitals. So there was like, uh, yeah, for real, there was like, there's a whole dynamic where a bunch of babies born in the 90s, especially to um, like immigrant and brown and black, ma- like parents mm-hmm. were C-section because the insurance companies reimburse at a way higher rate for a C-section than a vaginal birth, even though oftentimes c- we don't actually need to. Um, no, I'm just, this, this is kind of a little no, bit this of is a tangent. Great. A lot of births that could have been vaginal and probably ought to have been vaginal became C-section births because of the payout for the hospital and because it's way easier to get somebody, a pregnant person, in and out if you just slice them. Slice them. For real. Yeah. They just take the baby. It's so quick. Like for the hospital, they don't have to uh, have you basically taking up a bed or a room. It's really fucked
0: who knew yeah
1: there's a whole there's a bunch of um, like reproductive health scholars that look specifically at this research question and this phenomenon because it's not this is not just like oh it happened in the 90s and then it stopped like Mm -hmm. it's still extremely common now for cesarean births to be and we think about cesarean births as it has this like western like cleanliness to it in a Mm -hmm. way where you just kind of it's procedural it's search it's just like the precision and the quickness, and just you know, the like the removal of the of the child from the uh, birthing person, and then mm-hmm. vaginal births is like you think about about it, and it feels maybe more. I don't. I would never say
0: messy, but you know, you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like it just is more. Human. I think we. The- Definitely need to have conversations about brown people yeah. and reproductive health as a whole, yeah. especially with, like, birth controls. you are more yeah, likely to use, like, the depot shot with yeah. brown people than white people. Yeah. And who knows, like, the long-term effects. I don't. I did it twice. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Yeah. Birth control yeah. is...
1: Oral contraceptives, obviously, I'm very... I think everybody should have access to all forms of birth control all the time for free. And also, for me, oral contraceptives have been hell. Like mm-hmm. I've ha- I've been on some form of OC on and off since I was 16 or something. Mm-hmm. And I only very recently in the last four to six, uh, like four months stopped because mm-hmm. the effects that it was having on my mood and my anxiety, was just, uh, it was unlivable at a yeah. certain point. Like I just couldn't, and I, I, it's so easy to get oral contra, and it should be easy to get oral contraceptives to be very clear but it was. It has never felt like there are other good alternatives for me. And I know that there are, but right. it's just the, the laziness of the system to just assume that oral contraceptives are the best option for everyone. And so I've never had a provider talk to me in serious terms about different alternatives. And so I've never really? felt, yeah, I've never felt like informed enough or prepared enough to do it um, and they're expensive. The other ones are more expensive. That's true. And it's just like, it's hard because you you hear these stories you, and you know this is true of, especially brown and black women, like femme people experiencing pain or discomfort with the, like, for example, IUDs. And right. there's a fear for me that I already have really extreme reactions to pain and mm-hmm. discomfort like that. And I'm like, if I go in to get an IUD
0: and I'm really struggling, are they going to give me anything? Right. I recently went to the doctor a couple months back and I was like, so racism in the medical field exists. And we had to like have a conversation because I wanted like a primary care doctor and we talked about it a lot. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, we are starting to have those conversations, but we still fucked up a lot in the past. Yeah.
1: And there's also so many scholars and individuals and organizers who know way up. more than, about this than I do but I think there's like a very common liberal misconception that if we just diversify the healthcare workforce if we just have more black and brown people in provider settings at like serving as nurses or physician or like then then the problem will be solved. basically like if you're if you have more of your people there then there's a statistically lower chance that you'll get or messed around with by a white person it's like that is not like that is such a surface level and cowardly not to say that that shouldn't also happen but that is not even in the same ballpark as like the depth of the issue is yeah. so much for and it's so lazy to just suggest well your people might be able to help but like we certainly won't be doing any interrogation around how white people and our systems have perpetuated this. Like that's not our. Like y'all solve. You can solve the racism.
0: And I think a lot of our healthcare, like research, stems from yeah Aussie, Germany yeah. too. So yeah, that's that's cool. a whole nother thing. Yeah. Speaking of Germany, yeah, <laughs> we saw Oppenheimer <laughs> and Barbie yeah. not too long ago <laughs> that's together. That's true. You organized that shit,
1: dude. I was in, Moisa, I was in I my not... I was in my virgo fucking
0: bag. I'm... I was not. I was
1: abroad during this. And I didn't even have data, Mauritius.
0: Okay. And you were just clickety clark. No, and li- like quite AFC. literally. Yeah. At the, at the we randomest
1: heard- hours when I knew all of you all were asleep and I was using up my data like <laughs> on eight different tabs on my little iPhone trying to solve it, but we got it. It was so fun.
0: And it was your idea. It was, I, I didn't think we would actually do it. I Maybe thought that's I was going to have to do it close. by myself. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't. Watch. No, I was very quiet. I'm by myself. Barbie, maybe. Yeah,
1: and I want to do them together, and I want to do it with
0: people. Have you ever gone to a movie by yourself? No. You should try it. Like yeah. a morning show, it's fun. What movie did you see? The Bob's Burgers movie. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know why I asked. I think I saw it three times in theaters. For real? Yes. Alone every time? Not every time. Okay, it just works. the first night I brought friends. I dressed up mm. and I have my cheeseburger backpack. Yeah. Do you, you feel know. cute? I mean, I was wearing a fake mustache, so I felt
1: <laughs> sexy. I would, have, I would have hated to see Oppenheimer alone. I would have hated to see either of them alone. But I, yeah. I think going to movies alone is a thing that people should do. And concerts. Oh, when I was booking the Barbie tickets, I did see on one of the rows, when I was trying to reserve our seats, there was a row that had just one person sitting right in the middle. And I was like, dude, mad respect to that person. Which movie was it for? Barbie. Remember? It was for Barbie. For Bar- oh, Yeah, and it was a really good seat. It was middle third or like... Yeah, middle third toward the back, like ru- like literally the row had twenty seats and they were in seat number ten. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. I don't know about you. I talked
0: during movies. I tried not to. Did you listen. talk during our double feature experience? Uh no, but Jen and I had reactions yes, together, yes. especially to the sound. Yeah. So that was I yeah. felt like we bonded in There were a moment. couple times
1: where we all leaned forward together. Oh. And I yes. felt like really connected. Spoilers, there's to a fucking
0: bomb that drops and we were all just like, oh no.
1: The sound in that movie was really intense. You know, I was like, I got very emotional in that movie. Like, way more than I expected. But not I It wasn't like a, um observable, like, sadness. I wasn't feeling sad. I mean, I was feeling sad at different points in the movie for other reasons. But yeah. it wasn't the normal uh, crying in a movie experience that I have a lot. It was like the awe of the scene where they um, do the test. What's, what do they call it? I forgot.
0: The Manhattan Project. No, bro. Like the, the, the atomic bomb.
1: Yeah, there's a word for for the like test drop that they do.
0: A mistake.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um. Anyways, when it happened, <laughs> I was so overcome by the sound and the visuals that yeah. my eyes just started watering, which has never happened to me before. I don't. I think I experience my emotions usually like are pretty. I don't know, easily categorized as one or the other. But that that one, later
0: on, I'm like, what was I feeling? I think I was just... Do you cry through Do I cry in movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I cried a lot of movies. You know what else? I have not introduced you yet. Can I? Yeah. The Um, Bitch That Cries in Movies. The Bitch That Cries in Movies. That would be honestly one of the kinder introductions
1: you can get from me. It's a lot worse.
0: We have a great photographer with us today. We do. A very generous, kind friend that I've made recently. Someone that spent... An entire evening hyping me up and uh, someone that I am a huge fan of. Yes, sir. Welcome to Bye Bye Bye. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, God. I hated that I did that. Can you I'm, edit that out? Hell, no, no. Oh, That's you, baby. No. It's Zay. It's that was end. so bad.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry, everyone. I'll bend you all
0: $5 each for having to <laughs>
1: say
0: do that. Okay, anyways. Hey. I approached you for hosting my podcast. But before that, I asked you to be a guest. And I'm so glad that you said yes to both. How, how do you feel like coming into a podcasting world? Have you done it before? No, never done it. I've done interviews and I've
1: interviewed people, but I've never been on camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever been on camera for an interview. And I it's I've never felt like this much, like I feel very committed to this in a way that I don't think I fell for other similar
0: experiences. So this feels like a big first time for me. I'm excited to be here for your first. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we bonded very deeply yesterday over something that I didn't think we'd be doing with each other Mm -hmm. so fast. I didn't know if I would ever do something like that with anybody. I'm glad. That was a new experience for me, too. I'm so happy that you were there. Mm. I had a smile on my face because of you. Wow. It was great. Dude, we were experiencing extreme gay panic.
1: Such gay panic. The whole
0: time, yeah. Do you want to talk about what it was? (laughs) I was gifted a boudoir shoot by Mara and Yusra. And it was so scary but so fun and... I went out feeling confident mm. although I had like jelly legs afterwards because yeah, I was just like yeah. oh my god the adrenaline yeah yeah oh I don't even know how this came to be I think I referenced wanting to maybe do something like this I don't you know? know how
1: it came to be either we were just walking through those woods and I just felt
0: like <laughs> I had no context we were yeah i just walking, we're just through, through, walking through some scary
1: dark night. woods at night and I don't know I felt like I just, maybe you don't think of yourself as the kind of person to do something like this. But when I, when my friend who does these shots was coming to town, the literal first person I thought about was you. Because uh, you just get, you have the, um, you have the confidence of, you just have like like this extremely chill confidence that has like no, there's a very thin line between confidence and arrogance, you know, like extremely thin. For Mm -hmm. some people that line actually isn't even there. Like they have no it just moves from one to the other so fast you don't know. But like you're you're just at that boundary. It's like a very chill confidence that you have that is extremely observable to me, I think. So chill, I didn't know it existed. Yeah, that's what I'm Thank saying. You. That's what that's what confident hot people say. Cause they don't even know that they have it like that. So, anyways, that's how it started. I'm yeah. very clear about how it started. I'm not confused. Oh. I knew,
0: I knew, I was that this was that this was a thing that I wanted, I wanted for you. I I do like a photo shoot, yeah. For some reason, but I'm just like, yes, yeah. let me let me do something. But I also am such an unserious person. Like I don't think sexy translates mm-hmm. because I want to be sexy in like a I don't know Amy Schumer way.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, you're sexy and <clears throat> a not you're sexy in a brie way. I don't
0: know how to say your last it's name, not, otherwise I would have. It's not gay. it's on a breeway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyways,
0: <clears throat> it was such an amazing experience for me. Uh, I started off very hesitant and just being like, what do I do with my face? What do I do with my body? Mm-hmm. And y'all came through mm-hmm. being my hype people. Yeah. And it was so fun. I remember when we were out, like, on Mara's patio, uh, Julia was just like, Mara, get out here. Yeah. Make her laugh. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything, yeah, and you know, I was just laughing so hard. dude. That's the kind of people that you need. That yeah. just a ridiculous face that they make yeah. makes you so joyful.
1: The sky was also so beautiful. The weather was perfect. I just felt like it was the perfect. wine was delicious. It was just a perfect situation. Yeah. I had so much fun. I went home and I was just, honestly I was telling Joy. I'm like this is the most fun I've had in weeks. <laughs> it was very joyful. I thought, and also to watch you. I was talking with julie about it later to watch you go from the where you were in the beginning to where you ended like sucking cake off your finger like that was just an amazing transformation to see that to I witness that a cake. dude for at the beginning you were so nervous and you were yeah. like i can't be sexy and you said that as a statement and then by like where you went and, and you know you experienced you talked about this with in our interview last time you see friends experience growth hopefully often, but usually that's over the course of many weeks or months or most of the time, like years and decades. And to see someone go through that amount of growth in an evening and also to have, not that you need it, but like to have the physical embodiment of that growth was Mm what was actually very, like felt very
0: emotional. Was it awkward for you being there? No. Because I don't think you had like seen me nude. But I got comfortable really quick. And eventually I was just like, Am I making other people uncomfortable? No, oh my god. Like no. my vagina is right there.
1: I felt like it was it was one of those times where the per- there's a person in the room who energy is sort of leading everyone else. And you came with such vulnerability and openness that I felt all of my shit just like slide off too. Like I did not feel that I had to perform the role of a hype person which that was something I was nervous about, honestly, beforehand. Hmm. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was nearly as nervous as how I would have felt if that had been me taking getting my photo taken. But I had the nervousness of, like, I know you and Mara are, like, high homies, old friends. And then I know our relationship is still, like, budding. Yeah. And I felt like, what if I'm not a good, like, hype girl? Like, what if mm-hmm. I – or what if I make you feel more nervous or if I make you feel perceived in a way that – it doesn't feel good for you like but then you came with such a willingness to just see where what you were capable of that mm-hmm. then i just like fall fo- i just followed your lead i was like okay well if, if brie can feel so comfortable and who she is right now
0: and you were so supportive also doing like behind it was the scenes so fun. it was the pictures was so that you fun. took i was just so like cute. i gotta i gotta send this to meddy i gotta yeah, send to Megan and, Sof.
1: and They're like, so they yes cute. yes yeah, yeah. yes yeah you
0: looked amazing you, looked amazing. you also did a shoot. I did. Do you want to talk about
1: that? Yeah. I struggled so hard. Yeah. So I did mine this morning. And, or I, I started to try to do mine this morning is really what happened. And we woke up, Julia and I woke up this morning. And the first question was, what was I going to wear?
0: Are you a morning person at all? No.
1: Okay. Not really. I mean, I, I can wake up. And get myself started, but I'm not in the phase like I'm not. My heart is not like settled. My spirit is not settled in the morning. Yeah, it takes me like a couple hours to get into into my rhythm. So the question of, of what I was gonna wear came up. I immediately started to experience a level of anxiety that I was not. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this was gonna happen. For me. I had some, but I have basically. So my situation is. I have been struggling with varying levels of disordered eating and an eating disorder for about eight years, I would say. And it was quite bad when I was in like late teens, early twenties, which is I think traditionally where the difficult time. And I think the challenge for me has been, I was raised in a in a relatively conservative Muslim household. Not like really conservative, but it's sort. this is sort of true honestly across the board in Muslim mm-hmm. households. Where I was, I am an el- like the eldest child and I'm a girl. And hundreds of years back and the specific challenge, I think for daughters or for kids of people who are first generation immigrants, meaning my parents immigrated and then I was born here Mm -hmm. is that you have to be the proof to the extended family that your parents made the right decision to immigrate. Like if I mess up, when I mess up, which is a lot, when I go off the path that was predetermined for me to follow again by ancestors that are gone, that reflects on my parents and their decision to move. And so everything, that i do and every way that i appear and how i relate to other people and how in my academic my professional my personal my social and my romantic sexual all of the identities like that is all directly tied to parent, like parents so there's this enmeshment that happens mm-hmm. with your parents and grandparents that is inc- like you're dr- it's like drowning sometimes yeah. like there's it can feel really difficult to imagine what it would look like
0: do you feel like in to get out of Adulthood, it. you're like giving yourself moments to like gasp for air finally.
1: So so this is the thing. So so I have been try I have been trying, I stay trying, I'll probably be trying for the rest of my life, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the challenge with my body and things around my self-image is pretty much a direct result of this upbringing around like shame and guilt and modesty and religion and spiritual all of these like concepts like mesh together and the output is that a girl should be like women should be covered as soon as possible as much as possible and for as much of their lives as they can be to protect not themselves but to protect other men from potentially sinning by giving into their temptation. So it's not even really about protecting whatever, huge quotations on that, me, which would also be wrong in its own right. But it's not even about that. It's about making sure that other men don't have to be tempted because if they're tempted and they give in, then they will have sinned. And then it's on on me. That's not your responsibility. Of course not. But this is like... And this is the narrative that i'm not even sure if my parents or loved ones or elders have articulated this or could articulate it it's Mm -hmm. so like deeply ingrained into their spirit and into their practice of religion that there's like very little opportunity to try to extract one from the other so then what happens to a lot of the women that i know who grew up in muslim environments or muslim communities have struggled with this because you you grow up in this environment and you move into your adolescence and into your college or high school or whatever age and then you're like okay i want that gasp for air Mm -hmm. i want to not have to whatever live this way i want to wear the clothes i want to wear and then you find now i'm in a world of white people right and white women and white men and their spaces and they want me to take up as little space as possible but differently than the muslim background does so you're supposed to take up very little space in both environments but in different ways and it's like well i can't please either of y'all so now i'm like i'm already experiencing shame about my body but i'm trying to like get past it and as quote unquote assimilate or whatever like be out in the world and dress how i want to but now it's like you as a brown or black femme person, you need to take up as little space as humanly possible. Actually it's, I shouldn't even say humanly. It's inhumane. But you're supposed to like shrink and be small and not be noticeable. And if you're gonna be any of those like you're incompliant basically. You're always incompliant. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like my life has been in many ways, I've had a great life, but in many ways my life has been a series of like dealing with being incompliant like with my parents for different reasons with my family for di- like extended family for different reasons and then in like white spaces it's more in compliance and you just like running back and then eventually it's like well like what am i supposed to what am i supposed right. to do like i don't even know it was my my julia asked me earlier today why don't you just try not thinking about your clothes and just think about what it would feel to be like in your body mm-hmm. I was like dude, I don't remember the last time that I just felt in my body. Like that experience is not something that I can reach for. I don't have the tools. Like I have I I have struggled to find the tools. Pers- like persevered and like tried to fucking figure it out and at times it's been better than others, but like generally I think I'm in a better place now than I was back. But there are still so many days, most days that you're just, it's like a con—it's like a constant battle and a constant practice. And if sometimes you, I like, honest. today was one of those days where I was like, I feel like I just wanna give up. Like, I can't keep fighting this thing anymore. Like all of the effort that I've tried to put into recovery and everything. And today I just was sitting there feeling like, was there any point to that? Like, and of course there was. Right. But in that moment, I'm like, what was the point? Like, if I still, if I went through all of that and I'm still sitting here panicking, about what to wear because i don't want to because i'm so anxious about the idea of having my photo taken you just start to feel like dude at what point like where where's the exit ramp you know it's really intense but you were able to do the shoot kind of so what happened is we went to do the shoot Mm -hmm. and julia's a really like has known me for seven seven years or something Mm -hmm. so we have like history with each other and so I feel very safe and comfortable with, with her which is why I think I was able to process a lot of these emotions so we like came to an agreement about some like we we eventually decided on some clothes and okay. we decided on a location and we went to go do it but I just couldn't ma- like I could not get comfortable I you know the point that you that, were trapped
0: in your own head
1: yeah and it was like I felt so I was spiraling is what was happening I was, I was starting to get into this mode of thinking where it was like then it wasn't even about my body or about those issues then it became about this anger that i had to myself about over like why why can you not just get over it like why can't you just like snap your fingers and get your shit together and be in the mindset that you need to be like i then i started there was this like self loathing that came up about around like not being able to get myself there and i think we both because of our relationship, could recognize that, okay, this is, let's take a a break. So we didn't, so we took a few sh- photos, and then we went home.
0: Mm.
1: And because, again, she's a good friend, and I can tell her anything I need to, I was like, I honestly need some, like, alone time. I need to think about this. And she went and did something on her own, and I was home. It was, she was explaining to me before that, you just need to stop thinking about this shoot like it's just about the photos or about how, what the product is gonna be, which is usually, I'm not a photographer, so usually when I think about a photo shoot, I'm like, well, it's gonna be, the product is gonna be the photos of this person. Mm-hmm. Right. She was like, you need to think about this exper- as an experience that you and I are going through together with no, that has no aim except you moving through whatever it is that you need to move through as it relates to your anxieties around perception. And so I just spent, a lot of time basically crying and then thinking about if i don't do this i think i will feel really sad for the next few days that i had so much fear and i let this fear get so like deep into my bones that i didn't let myself like i thought i felt like this is like a cha- this is clearly a challenge for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i need to just try to do it because i didn't i just didn't want to quit at that point it was like i was feeling so negative about so many other aspects of myself i'm like the last thing i can handle right now is thinking about myself as being like a person who quits like i need to just do it so at least i have that feeling that i push myself to do it and maybe i'll still hate the photos maybe i'll ask Juliet not to ever see the photos Mm -hmm. but at least i should you know so then we did it um and it definitely wasn't like a this like big happy ending where I felt amazing and we like ran off and like
0: we had different journeys we had
1: very different journeys yeah at the end of it I felt really tired yeah but I did it like I, I did the thing and I was had a low level of like nerves mm-hmm. throughout but I basically my as- <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> which was honestly my standards at that point were very I was like I just mm-hmm. can't cry I just yeah. can't cry in public and it's my birthday in a week and I'm starting to get in my birthday mindset of of course this is like a week where I'm gonna feel really good and not let things get and I just wanted I just needed a win bro at that point I was like this day has been l after l after l (laughs) I just need a win there can be one good photo actually didn't have to be good it can just be kind of good and that's it then I did it so we had very, yeah we had very. I was wishing though that I had a hype crew yeah, That was one thing I, re- I had as a realization after I, looked, it, but I learned a lot you. about myself. I was like, never again in the morning. Never. No. Never, ever going to do it And some, like, we went into the forest. I'm not a forest girly. No. Uh-uh. That's where you get murdered. That's what I'm saying. On top of that, I, I had worn high heels. We don't belong there. I literally, I, I wore the cutest shoes I wear out to dance. Like, they're white. They have a square toe. They got a heel on them. I wore those. And then we got there and I had to literally take them off and walk barefoot. I'm not a Caucasian. I don't walk barefoot oh, in the dirt at noon at high noon <laughs> not, not high noon. so that there was a multiple that's things a cowboy I hour. Like, that's what i'm saying i was getting scared and there was nobody for miles <laughs> <laughs> i mean there actually were definitely lab people for miles we were at a fault like we were at a proper park but and then i learned about myself that i need like i need a crew if i'm yeah. gonna do something like this because I, I don't have my confidence is like paper thin so I need people. And that's fine. That's just what it's going to be right now. And I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not trying to fight that anymore. But
0: yeah, next time I call you. I will say you did text me that you were hesitant during yeah. the shoot. And I wanted to hype you up and say, no, you're beautiful. You shouldn't feel this way. But then I got into my mindset. Like I did, you know, a shoot last night. And it's hard being that vulnerable, mm-hmm. especially on camera. Yeah. And I I don't even know if I gave you good advice. I always tell people to be gentle with themselves.
1: No, you gave me great advice. I think
0: we're our own worst critics. Yeah. But sometimes you just need to breathe and yeah. reassess. And if you can't do it, yeah, that's fine. But you yeah. fucking did it. I had that moment. I had a lot of moments where it was I was proud of you for just trying.
1: That's that's what somebody you know what you said that to me and someone else said that to me and I was feeling like that hit me really hard where i where i needed it like i don't know i think it's hard there's expect i have expectations of myself that are so unreasonable and like trying in and of itself is it's like very corny to say it like it but it's hard to try if you're a model or if you are a photographer or if you are close to the scene like you've done it before there's i had never approached any situation like this before the closest i had got was what i saw with you yesterday So it was, and it's not often as an adult, when you're a kid, you're trying new stuff for the first time all the time. Everything is a first. Every experience is your first time. But then you get like into your 23, 24, 25, 26, and suddenly you've done most of the things you're going to do. Like Mm -hmm. how often are you trying something? This was like completely new. So I'm like, at least I, even after the morning, I was like, even if I can't properly do it later today, and I knew I was coming here to see you. Yeah. So I'm like, at least I can. Trauma dump. Yeah. So if there's a day to do it, it's today. Because <laughs> at least I can, yeah, at least I can come here and let you know all about it.
0: I'm glad you did it. And, like, I perceive you as beautiful, but I've been thinking about how we kind of gatekeep beauty. Especially, like, this is a tangent. Taylor Swift in a music video recently. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Swifty. I'm sorry. Oh, for real? A little bit. It's hard. Oh, my God, dude. Our IT, our IT guys just ran out they just quit (laughs) they just quit oh my god in her music video she censored it but there's like a like a snippet of like her stepping on a scale and it says the word fat Mm. and people just yeah annihilated her yeah and it got me thinking are we at a point where we perceive her as thin Mm -hmm. but she doesn't see herself as thin and she's been very like vocal about her eating disorder like at one point will we hmm. let people express how they feel about themselves Yeah. and not be like, no, you can't see yourself mm. like
1: that. Yeah, I think it's... I always, I've i tried to give myself this um, space in the last couple of years where the same way that... Actually, Maddie and I were talking about this yesterday on the way here. The same way we talk about racism is not our problem, it's white people's problem. Mm-hmm. In that same way, I think about... Like we talk about disordered eating, eating disorders, like struggles that so many of us have with body image for in various different ways Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as like super individual level. Like it's about you and if you have, if you struggle um, with it, like it's something you've done or not done or content that you've consumed or not consumed or whatever, like it's something that started within you. Yeah. And at a certain point a few years ago it's like dude it's actually literally not this is not my fault like it is not our we're faced every day multiple times a day if not hundreds of times a day up against a multi-billion dollar like mega conglomerate of like five different industries that are constantly in some way some language telling us the way that you look is bad like yeah. in no uncertain terms it's bad and it's like we can fix it for you but you can never fix it for yourself like it's the fitness clothes it's the gyms it's the food it's the way that like food has is such a more has been assigned like these ridiculous moral attributes like it's everything and we have to confront it all the time every at a certain point it's like bro it's not my fault what did you think was gonna happen to us?
0: I've been reflecting on the first time that I was just like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" with you. Mm-hmm. It's because you remind me of Shio from Kim Possible. That's I was just like, deeply wh- who is this? Just That's dark true. hair. Yeah. You are that bitch. I can read. You can read. I can write. Yep. Yeah. I'm a smart girl. <laughs> yes. Gay panic set in, even though I had met you multiple times. I'm wondering, I had a crush on Shigo. Did you have any yes. crushes? I think
1: I told you that after you said this to me.
0: That Shigo was,
1: for me, a very important highlight in my queer awakening story. Probably the first one what what was it about shigo? I think it was like the the triangle boobs. You know? <laughs> the peaks and the valleys. Yes. Um the hair, um mm-hmm. the confidence, the green, I liked her claws. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I don't know, Kim was just it was not like it wasn't I love her. She's yeah. fine, but I feel like she would call it cops.
0: I don't know. So, are you can stand. I have Stan? read a lot of fan fiction, so I've done my research. About the
1: two, Okay, tell me more.
0: It's problematic. I realize really, it's problematic. Why? Because one is an adult and the other is a. Wait, which I don't know, I don't remember what oh. their ages are. So the Kim series, is a, Kim is a kid? Yeah, she was in high school. That's most of the, oh, the plot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bro, <what laughs> was, are y'all still watching Kim Possible? Okay, that, I have it. That's why I have Disney Plus. What do you mean? I didn't know that she was in high
1: school. I don't remember. She was in high school. Okay, you're right. You're right. I mean, this she is was a high school know. cheerleader. But what was Shigo?
0: So if you watch season four, episode whatever, Shigo does have a degree in um, childhood development. Okay, and was kim substitute teacher damn it's not hot yeah it's not hot i did read a lot but
1: she's still so hot for that but
0: you know what kim graduated in that last episode that's all i'm saying yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah um okay well before we say something that could be
0: getting us canceled (laughs) who was your queer awakening person character poison ivy wow and batman the animated series and especially her interacting with harley quinn because that was before like it was just, like, hinted at. Like, they're just best friends, but they definitely would hang out. I remember watching this. They were wearing, like, long t-shirts that came to, like, here. And they were just hanging out, like, slumber party vibes. And then I think they shared a bed. Mm. And I was just like, I want that. I, wow. I don't know why I want that. But How that sounds fun. Probably six. I'm were you sh- allowed
1: to have sleepovers when you were growing up? No. Yeah, me neither. I
0: grew up in, like, a religious protective family and it was just like just with the cousins yeah yeah same well, exactly yeah. the same
1: i always really wanted that experience mm. like to have a sleepover with friends
0: i didn't get to mouth kiss anyone no at a sleepover until you know i was dating them
1: i my first mouth kiss was when i was in kindergarten on
0: the bus
1: okay okay on the bus do you want to talk about it yeah it was my best friend emily
0: Ooh, hi emily
1: but we were only five okay we just had to check it out see what was going on yeah like see what was happening with the mouth kissing and stuff it was just a little peck. <laughs> Aw. Yeah, it was cute. But in fourth or fifth grade, she didn't invite me to her pool party that she was having. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. It was really devastating for me. Do you so, know what she's
0: up to now? She probably had her first child five years ago. And she probably had her first divorce.
1: Oh, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, dude. She thinks about you
0: every day. I know. Day. I bet
1: she does. But yeah, I feel like that was a... I wanted to, like, have sleepovers in, my when I was in elementary school to see... Obviously, I, didn't, I was too young to be thinking like that, but I, yeah. like... Wanted the experience that I also saw in the camaraderie, yeah, dude. Just like see what was going on. Like, I <laughs> never got that, but we're having one now, yes. But we're wearing pajamas, yeah, dude. I feel like I've gotten them later in life, but yeah, I wish that I had.
0: I didn't play Spin the Bottle Me until either. last year. Oh, you have played, yeah, and it have- was weird because we were sober adults.
1: You were, so- mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I went to a play party.
1: What's a play party?
0: It's oh basically wait, that... like an orgy with enthusiastic consent. I didn't really participate. I hung out on a ball pit mostly, but yeah. I played Spin the Bottle, and I was dressed as Miss Frizzle, and I was too sober. Okay.
1: Yeah. Because so that's where your first time you played it? Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. what was it, around Halloween last year? Yeah,
1: I also wanted,
0: I don't know. It's I had happening at my like, birthday party. So. Really? Yeah.
1: Spin the Bottle? Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. Good thing you're going to have two mouths. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, that's for, that's for the bonus. That's for the bonus part of this episode. <laughs> um. So, okay, Other the other thing that you were going to ask me about was the queer-coded...
0: Yeah, romance. we were talking off-mic about... Have you been drawn to, like, queer-coded characters, especially, like, in cartoons? Yeah.
1: Well, obviously, Shego is the first one. Um, I would say... Well, I don't know that I was drawn to this individual or this <laughs> animal, um, but I definitely felt like a affinity for Scar. Sure. Yeah, I, I felt like Scar. Scar was also pretty important in my development as a young person. And
0: like I've told you, like, yeah. you have to watch The Lion King too. I think I've seen The Lion. Which one's two and which one's two and a half? Two and a half doesn't matter. Sorry. Which one is two? Is two. Okay, I think two that's the one that I've Simba's seen more. Daughter, and then there's Kobu. Yeah, what's her name? Kiara. Yeah, I think I've seen that one.
1: But you remember all? The- I don't remember this stuff so well. I don't watch. I guess I haven't seen. I'm that. a sad adult. I'd be watching. Yeah, you're not sad. Well, <laughs> you kind of are. <laughs> you kind of are, but yeah. but it's like in a happy way.
0: Thank you. I said you have big Shigo energy, and you said, "Bitch, you're kind of sad,
1: dude." <laughs> Listen, I was too, I was pretty overwhelmed by that compliment. I've never gotten a compliment like that before. That, like, cut so deep. That was a very Mm. intentional compliment. None of the, you're pretty. Bullshit.
0: No, you remind remind me of of one of my sexual sexual awakenings. Literally, literally. So, one of the things that we bonded about was very much being in a very loving, open white space in Mm -hmm. wisconsin Mm -hmm. do you think that was one of the main reasons that we truly bonded like it's not Hmm. i won't call it trauma bonding but it was Yeah, yeah 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 brown bonding maybe yeah yeah yeah
1: um i don't know that i would say it was a main reason because i think we would have found one another in some like our lines would have crossed i think we would have found each other one way or another and I think we would have connected one way or another. But I think um, there is a pretty powerful relationship that I feel like I develop with other brown and black people in those kind of rooms that feels sort of familial mm-hmm. in the beginning. And off. Like sometimes that doesn't always last and it's actually not really a very deep connection and that's all right. But a lot of times I found that it, like those are the people that then start to feel like, I feel like we're at a family function, and we're, like, the young cousins that are... Because in some of those functions, family functions, too, they might be all brown people. They're not white people, but there's bogus, or there's, like, bullshit, or nonsense, or whatever's going on, and, like, you're always, like, making eyes with the other cousins. Like, y'all are seeing this, right? (laughs) And I think it's that... Like, it's a similar energy or similar dynamic for me in a room like that.
0: I remember, like... I know all these people but i was still like trying to get comfortable sitting like on a couch and you kind of just pop down by me and you're just like you don't have to stop looking at your phone (laughs) this is fine you do your thing i admire that and i was just like i'm allowed to do my own thing i don't have to engage and you put me so at ease Mm. so effortlessly
1: i was so i was feeling pretty anxious at multiple times in that evening too yeah and i also felt like i had been in the position that maybe you were in in that moment where i was just trying to sit and have a moment by myself mm-hmm. and someone came to- and sat by me and i was like god damn it like now i have to like engage with this person sometimes i go on my phone purposely so that people around me can see that i'm uninterested and a lot of people actually don't pick up on that cue
0: as I often if as I that anyone way. else i would have been like oh shit here we go no but you
1: stayed on your phone <laughs>
0: I that did, was the yeah, thing about it you fun. really did
1: you really stand it which I was like yeah. that's great because I also I was wasn't particularly yeah I just wanted to physically be in a place that felt where, like right for me and that was the place that felt right for me
0: a comfortable silence between people that don't know each yes. other I
1: think it's very telling and s- extremely hard to come by
0: like we're I think it's because we're not allowed to take up so much space yeah so we just kind of like sit with ourselves so often yeah and we have that like camaraderie
1: yeah. And I also felt that during that evening, like neither, I, I had never been in that setting before with all those people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now I don't feel this way. But at the time, I didn't feel like I had any, I didn't feel like I had a ton of very deep relationships with people in that room, which, again, has, has shifted since. But yeah. I feel like sometimes with white people, you have to do a lot of lifting to get to a place of like, a deep relationship, like a lot of work. And I don't know. I don't think that's not true when somebody's not white, but I think there is like an inherent, sometimes there can be an inherent
0: like. Do you feel like you have to give them like a little like pass or fail quiz to be like, yeah, you're a homie or not? Yeah, I do a lot. I have done a lot of that. I, what
1: That's actually a really interesting question. Do you, ha- do you feel like you have test questions? Because I definitely do.
0: Especially with like within, I work in very corporate America. Yeah. Sometimes I yeah. have to be like, black lives you matter right. Right, 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 right right
1: literally literally fluttering your feet you like know. yeah i think that mine i i sometimes i like randomly will try to talk about palestine and just see what happens <laughs> because usually people are really sharp about if they're zionists like they'll let you know instantly <sighs> they have because they have no shame oh my god they're shameless people so that's usually for me and i also feel like i go for that because i think there's a lot of liberals that are like liberal the whole way through mm-hmm. until it's that oh. it's like everything but Palestine situation so um yeah that's a question that that's like a test for me too
0: my joke I'll be like via teams like there's like not really an emergency but I'm my reaction is should we call the police oh my god that's kind of risky and then some of them are just like that's really risky no straight whoa. up we're not doing that it's fine. Wow, And then you get like a yeah. a little inkling yeah, 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 of who yeah. they are outside yeah. of work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've definitely, I've definitely, um, I think growing up in um, like the Midwest, you have to learn how to do that at a pretty yeah. like devastatingly young age.
0: And sometimes people do pass that to us, yeah. but then they fail it later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very heartbreaking, yeah. but I yeah. think, I think we're also expect to forgive and teach and that's exhausting. Yeah. I think I only in the last year or so,
1: maybe not even that. And I, it's still like ongoing have started to actively stop doing that. Like I, when I feel m- myself have the urge to do some kind of like unsolicited education, like just stop myself. But I, I don't, I don't want to dignify it like this bullshit anymore or like, I'm not in the business of defending my humanity anymore.
0: I think going forward, if I come to like, oh, we're not going to be able to agree on this. I, I think I'm going to say, you, if you want, you can educate yourself about mm. this subject. And then we come come back. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, my parents struggle with that concept. I've had a lot of conversations with them about this because they still are in the mindset of like, we can like teach people about racism and like teach people how to get out of it. And it's like racism is not about education. You know, it's no, these are like deep, deeply entrenched systems and people are going to have to do way harder work.
0: It's on our job get out description of, yeah, it's as like, black and brown people too. And it's not about yeah. like
1: feelings. Like people think are the common refrain of, I don't have a racist bone in my body. It's like, it's not about you or your bones or your body. Like it's, yeah, it's really, it obviously it can be that personal, but oftentimes it's not that personal. Like you might really believe that. And it might even sort of be true. But you're still like benefiting from, I mean, all, even I feel there are so many ways in which I've benefited from proximity to whiteness in my mm-hmm. life and like proximity to white supremacy and even being racism and racialization in and of itself is like it gives you access to spaces with other educated white people. And, like, that's a real fucking thing. Like, you, if you have to... I have I have had to spend a lot of time, like, reminding myself of that reality, too. That it's, it's not just about being white. It's about, like, benefiting from these institutions of white power, which in some ways are, be- like, benefit basically all people who aren't black. There's a person who I went to u- the university with who's whole like line of art but the whole um message of it was that all white people are racist and people on the campus struggled so hard with that and also a lot of brown people and non-black people were like yeah that's true oh but then there was another level of the conversation that was like actually a lot of y'all who are not black are also like benefiting from these structures of whiteness and like that's Mm -hmm. another level of conversation that i think a lot of people aren't ready to get to we got heavy even though we weren't supposed to yeah
0: that's fine i i want things to be light on this podcast and fun but there are so many things to be addressed and i think i would not be using my platform correctly if i didn't make space for these conversations yeah they need to be had it's not going to happen on joe rogan's podcast Mm. but it might happen on this little Minneapolis based spot. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I think
1: it is happening.
0: Yeah. I want to elevate these voices that aren't heard. And I'm so grateful that I got you on and we talked about fun things, but we talked about a lot of serious things that, Hey, we're not talking about why aren't we talking about mm. it? It's because it makes a white audience uncomfortable. Mm. And I think I'm going to challenge that more. I want, of course I want white people to listen and donate, but I also want them to, you know, come away knowing more about different experiences. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Anytime. So fun. Thank you so much for doing this and hosting. This was a big ask for someone that I am just becoming great friends with. Thank you so much. Love you, dude. I love you. Aww. (laughs) All right, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bye 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 <laughs> bye, bye 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 Thank you. Oh, you <laughs>